It's Mother. Oh, hello, Mother. Did you have a nice time at the luncheon? Oh, yes, it was a lot of fun. You should see her new silver. It looked just beautiful. And why not? America's finest silver plate is 1847 Rogers Brothers. Tell your mother she can say that again. What did Ozzy say? He said you can say that again. What's that, dear? America's finest silver plate is 1847 Rogers Brothers. America's finest silver plate is 1847 Rogers Brothers. From Hollywood, International Silver Company, creators of 1847 Rogers Brothers Silver Plate, presents The Adventures of Ozzie and Harriet, starring America's favorite young couple, Ozzie Nelson and Harriet Hilliard. Okay, coppers, I'll talk. Only no more questions. Please, no more questions. According to our detective fiction writers, there was a time not too long ago when police authorities often resorted to prolonged and uninterrupted interrogation of criminal suspects. This was known as the third degree. that's got to do with the rest of this. Oh, well. As we pay our weekly visit to the Nelsons of 1847 Rogers Road, we look in on a typical family scene, a scene that probably happens at your house practically every night in the week. Ozzie is leaning back in his favorite easy chair, glancing through the evening paper, and Harriet casually asks, Anything exciting happened downtown today? Hmm? Oh, I'm sorry, dear. What'd you say? I said, what happened downtown today? Nothing special, just, you know, same old stuff. Who'd you have lunch with? Lunch? Oh, yes, I had lunch. No, I say, who did you have lunch with? (laughs) Oh, I had lunch with George Dunkel. Did you eat at the Elks Club? Uh, No. Where did you eat? We ate at the Emporium down in the grill room. Who did you say you ate with? I ate with George Dunkel. I had scrambled eggs, corn muffins, and milk. (laughs) And the corn muffins were burned to a crisp. I rode home on the bus with Joe Randolph, and he had a sore thumb. Questions, questions. Holy smokes, Harriet, what is this, the third degree? Well, I should think you'd be very happy to know I take such an interest in things. Stop being so grouchy. I'll get it, although it's probably for you. Hello? Hello, Harriet, Ruth Hodges. Oh, hello, Ruth. We had such a good time at the luncheon today. Well, I was so glad you could come, dear. Wasn't it a pity Betty Randolph couldn't? Yes, she had a headache, didn't she? Well, she said she did, but I know the real reason. Now, don't you dare tell anyone. I haven't told another soul. My phone's been out of order. (laughs) But Joe and Betty Randolph have separated. Oh, that's awful, Isn't that terrible? I just hate to talk about it. (laughs) Now, listen to this. Betty found a picture in Joe's wallet, a very curvaceous blonde in a skimpy bathing suit. No. Yes. He tried to tell her it was his grandmother. <laughs> well, Ozzy met Joe downtown today, but he didn't say anything about that. Oh, was Ozzy downtown today? Well, then he must have seen the big fire at the Emporium Grill. Really? Well, 
Ozzie and George Dunkel had lunch there, but he didn't say anything about a fire. Oh, did Ozzie have lunch with Dunkel? Well, how's his broken arm? Whose broken arm? Well, George Dunkel. Didn't you know he broke his arm? Well, no. Ozzie didn't say anything about that either. Well, that is strange. Well, I have to be going, dear. All right, Ruth. Thanks for telling me all the news. You're welcome, dear. And Harriet. Yes? Don't forget, you heard it here first. <laughs> reading the paper. That was Ruth Hodges. You're sure nothing interesting happened today? No, Harriet, I told you. What about the fire at the Emporium? Oh, that. Well, I told you the corn muffins were burned. (laughs) Fire wasn't much. They had it out in a jiffy. What about Dunkle? Ruth said he had a broken arm. Oh, yes, yes, that's right. I I meant to tell you. He he had his arm in a sling. How did he break it? Well, I don't know. Didn't you ask him? Well, of course not. I figured if he wanted to tell me, he would have. Golly, what curiosity. Well, it isn't a question of curiosity. It just seems a little silly. A man sits there with a broken arm, and you don't even ask him how he got it. Maybe he lost a bet on the election, and the other guy got to break it. (laughs) (laughs) We're giving some pretty big odds, you know. You also met Joe Randolph, but you didn't say a word about him and Betty being separated. Well, Harriet, I remember distinctly telling you he showed me his sore thumb. Now, what's that got to do with them being separated? Well, his wife bit him on the thumb. <laughs> Why are women so curious about things? It's curiosity that caused Joe all of this trouble. It was really his wife's fault. Oh, she finds a picture of another woman in his wallet, and it's her fault they're separated. If she hadn't been so curious, she wouldn't have found it. <laughs> Joe doesn't know how the picture got in his wallet. He's never even seen the girl before. Did he tell Betty that? He tried to. He kept shouting it over his shoulder all the way down the street. Hey, Mom. David got a girl that carried her books home from school. Oh, keep quiet, you little blabbermouth. David, don't talk that way to your brother. Well, he is. And, Ricky, you stop teasing David. Nothing wrong with his having a girl if he wants to. You never had a girl, did you, Pop? Ozzie, would you point me out to them? <laughs> I've had a few girls in my time. Did you ever carry their books home, Pop? No, they always carried mine. (laughs) Harriet, show the boys where the calluses used to be on your hand. What's your girlfriend's name, David? Oh, now, wait a minute, Harriet. Don't start giving David the third degree. The girl's name is his own business. I don't mind telling, Pop. Her name is Mildred Marshall. Her name's Mildred Marshall, Harriet. Now, what else would you like to pry out of the boy? She's a very nice girl, just a little younger than I am. We're both in the same class in school. She's just right across the aisle. She's got blonde hair and blue eyes and just a few freckles. And she only lives a block from here. Guys, she's plenty smart, too. Her father works in the bank, and they got a big house. How long have you known her, David? Harriet, can't you see he'd rather not talk about her? <laughs> Curiosity. She handed him a note today. I saw her hand it to him. Did she, David? Yeah, it's nothing much. If you want to hear it, I'll read it. Here it is. Uh, better let me read it first, David. If it's one of these old personal things, we won't read it. Mm-hmm. I guess this is all right. What does it say? Easy, dear, easy. It says, I owe David Nelson five cents. I loaned a nickel for ice cream today. Mom... Would you say I have a nice nose? Well, yes, David. I'd say you have a very nice nose. Why? Mildred says she thinks I have a nice nose. She likes my smile, too. What do you think your next movie's going to be, Tyrone? (laughs) Come on, David. Let's 
go throw the football around. Okay, but you better be careful of my nose. Well, I guess David's growing up. Oh, the poor little guy. The way you gave him that third degree. Oh, stop it. Naturally, I'm interested in what my own family's doing. Aren't you interested in hearing about what I did at the luncheon this afternoon? Not especially. I know it's hard for women to understand, but well, men just aren't naturally curious like women are. I suppose you wouldn't be interested if I told you a rather attractive girl said something about you today. Not especially. Did an attractive girl say something about me? Why, are you interested? Well, not necessarily. I'd just like to know who she was and what she said. Who was she? Oh, now who's curious? I'm not curious. I'm just interested. Who was this ravishing creature who said the wonderful things about me? I didn't say she was ravishing. You said she was attractive. Look, you don't have to tell me who she was. Just give me a little hint. What kind of a little hint? Well, her name. <laughs> well, if you'll admit that you're just eaten up with curiosity and that men are just as curious as women, I'll tell you. Oh, Harriet, for heaven's sake. No need to be childish about it. That's because an attractive girl said something nice about me. Who says she said something nice? Well, she must have said something nice, so you wouldn't be afraid to tell me who she is. I'm not afraid to tell you, dear. I'm just not going to tell you. Now <laughs> you're just being ridiculous. Let's drop the whole thing, shall we? Just because some woman named... What did you say her name was? <laughs> no, no, that's my trick, dear, and it doesn't work. Hey, I'll bet I know who it was. Was it Dorothy, uh, Dorothy, what's her name? Dorothy, what's her name? Yeah. Well, what's her name? <laughs> Dar uh, do you know, uh, Dorothy Douglas. No, it wasn't Dorothy Douglas. Not Dorothy Douglas. Was it Florence? No. Was it Vera? Are you going to name every girl you ever knew clear back to kindergarten? Oh, somebody I knew in kindergarten. <laughs> Just worry about a little while, dear. I have to finish getting dinner. Was it Francis or Catherine? Harriet, was it Catherine? A tall, blonde girl with dark hair? Harriet? Harriet? <laughs> Nelson can say what he wants to about feminine curiosity, but I don't know. In certain situations, it's a very good thing. Like when a woman is buying silverware for her home. Now, there's an instance that demands curiosity, because naturally, she wants only the best. And before she makes her choice, she'll want to know many things about the silverware she sees. She'll question its beauty and workmanship, its quality and durability, the way it will fit in with her scheme of decoration. And you know something? More than likely, she'll choose the beautiful silver plate made by 1847 Rogers Brothers. Because 1847 Rogers Brothers meets every one of those tests perfectly. Its beauty and workmanship are unexcelled. No other silver plate in the world can match its lovely features. And the four stunning 1847 patterns, Adoration, First Love, Eternally Yours, and Remembrance, are designed to suit every taste, every scheme of decoration. It's no wonder 1847 is owned and loved by more women than any other. It is the best, the finest silver plate in America. Yet, amazingly enough, it hasn't gone up in price since 1945. See it tomorrow, why don't you? The one and only 1847 Rogers Brothers.
Historians tell us that in times of great emotional stress, Chopin, Beethoven, Bach, Gershwin, and others whose lives haven't even been filmed yet, all these great men sat down at the piano and thundered out their problems, their frustration. And so Ozzie Nelson, lord and master of 1847 Rogers Road, sits down at the keyboard to seek the answer to his problem. thought how many songs have been written about girls' names? Oh, yes, lots of them. Margie, Louise, Josephine, <laughs> Mary. Oh, yes, there was a Mar song called Mary. Uh, Mary, yes. No, I don't imagine it's so difficult to write a song. All it takes is a little imagination and musical curiosity. I really hadn't thought much about it. As a matter of fact, imagination and curiosity are closely related. Did you know that? No, dear. Oh, a definite tie-up. You see, imagination is thinking, and curiosity is wondering. You see the connection? Imagination is thinking, and curiosity is wondering. No, I don't see the connection yet. I'll put it bluntly. <laughs> I'm wondering who that girl was... And at the same time, I can't help thinking what'll happen to you if you don't tell me. I can't hold out any longer, dear. You're so curious now, your face is green. My face isn't green from curiosity. That's my tall grass after shave lotion. I'm going to end your torment, dear. I made the whole thing up. Made what up? The girl. You talk so much about a woman's curiosity, I thought I'd do something to arouse yours. I think I did a pretty good job. Harriet. No matter how beautiful she is, regardless of what she said, there's no reason for you to hide it from me. Ozzie, honestly, I made it up. What you're really trying to say is you're sorry you mentioned the thing. There's no need to be jealous about it. What difference does it make? Just because this gorgeous thing has a schoolgirl crush on me? We've been married now for 12 years. We've been married for 13 years. Oh, yeah, yes. We've been married for 13 years. I'm not going to run off and leave you. What was that, that silly thing you called me when we were first married? Your hubby-wubby? <laughs> I'm still the same. Perhaps a little more wubby, but still your hubby. No, believe me, dear, I made it up. There was no girl. Oh, Harriet. It'd be different if it was something important, but this is much ado about now, nothing. Now, don't lose your temper. Oh, it burns me up. Here, I don't care whether you tell me or not, and you won't tell me. Well, if you me. don't care, dear, why don't we just forget, forget about Fine, the whole thing? Fine, we're just getting upset over nothing. But will you tell me one thing? What, dear? Now, this is completely off the subject, just an afterthought. Yes? What is the girl's name? You sound mighty low. Nothing wrong, I hope. Oh, not exactly. It's just that Harriet's been acting very, very strange. 
I don't understand women. They're so darn curious. Yeah, my wife's the same way. Always curious. Wants to know where I've been. Who did I meet? Where did I spend my money? Where did I get any money to spend? <laughs> going on for centuries, I guess. Has Harriet been asking you a lot of questions? Questions, questions, millions of them. She can give me a regular third degree, and that's okay. But let me ask her one simple little question, Thorny, and it becomes a big thing right away. I don't seem to follow this. Well, I wanted to find out who a certain girl was. Girl? What girl? Well, Harriet went to a luncheon today, and while she was there, some beautiful, shapely girl said some wonderful things about me. Oz, there's nothing wrong with Harriet. It's that girl that's out of her mind. <laughs> Sake, Thorny, can't you ever agree with me? Now, I may not be the handsomest man in town. I agree with you 100% there. <laughs> As I was saying, I may not be the handsomest man in town, but to somebody, I may look like Robert Taylor. Now, that's believable, isn't it? Is that what the girl said? You look like Robert Taylor? Is it believable? Is that what she said, huh? Is it believable, yes, Thorny? Yes, it's believable, but is that what she said? Well, no. <laughs> <laughs> I thought not. I couldn't possibly believe that. You just said it was believable. Well, we weren't getting anywhere the other way. <laughs> what did the girl say? Oh, just some very nice complimentary things. It isn't important. What is important is Harriet's attitude. She's jealous, Thorny. So jealous, she won't tell me who the girl is. You never can tell what a woman's jealousy will do, Oz. I knew a girl once had a pet frog. The girl's name was Betty Clark. What was the frog's name? Jacques Dupre. Oh, <laughs> Anyway, Oz, everything was fine until the girl next door to Betty got a pet frog, too. Betty got as jealous as could be of that other girl's frog. And what really burned her up was when the other girl got more warts than she did. <laughs> Women's jealousies are amazing. Yeah, they certainly are. Now, tell me more about this friend of Harriet's who said you look like a frog. Well, <laughs> she complimented me, Thorny. I'm not sure what she said, but it must have been pretty nice or Harriet wouldn't be so darn afraid to tell me who the girl is. Say, uh, I, I don't mean to butt into your family problems, Oz, but I think I know a very simple way to find out this girl's name. Oh, really? Uh, not that it makes so much difference, but, but what's your idea? Well, it's very simple. Tell Harriet you found out who the girl is. Tell her it's some old flame of yours who happens to be visiting in town. Then make up a real wild story about this girl and yourself, and when you have Harriet dying to hear more, stop. Stop? Stop cold. Refuse to say another word until she tells you who the girl really is. She'll blurt it out. Her curiosity will kill her if she doesn't. Bonnie, <laughs> I've got to hand it to you. You're a genius at times. <laughs> I am clever. <laughs> Let me know how you make out, will you, Oz? Hello, Mother. Anything wrong, dear? You sound kind of worried. Oh, it's nothing serious. It's just Ozzy a little peeved at me. Is it anything I should know about, dear? Oh, it's really nothing. I told Ozzy there was an attractive girl at the luncheon today who said something about him. Is that what he's angry about? No, he's bad because I won't tell him who the girl is. Well, then why don't you tell him? Because there isn't any such girl. I made the whole thing up just to arouse Ozzy's curiosity. To show him that men can be just as curious as women. Oh, I see. Well, I hope you know what you're doing, dear. I hope so, too. Ozzy thinks I won't tell him the girl's name because I'm jealous. Well, you know how curious men are, dear. I'm not going to tell you what I'd do if I were you, but if I were you, I'd tell him. 
Well, there's nothing to tell, Mother. I just told you. I made the whole thing up. Well, I don't like to interfere, Harriet, but why don't you just make up a name, any old name, and then he'll be satisfied and forget about the whole thing. Yeah, I think you've got something there, Mother. Let's see. How about Mary Jones or Betty Brown? Oh, no, dear. Make up something that sounds like a real name. Okay, I'll think up a good one. Thanks, Mother. You're welcome, dear. And, oh, Harriet. Yes, Mother? Sure, let me know how it works out. Harriet. I've got a little surprise for you. I know who that girl is. You do? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that rate's a bigger laugh than you're giving it. <laughs> Why didn't you tell me Liza Cromwell was in town? Who? Oh, come now, don't pretend you don't remember Liza. She was your competition when we first started going out together. Liza Cromwell? What a girl. Dark, flashing eyes. Ruby red lips, rich auburn hair, and a turned-up nose. That was Liza. What, nobody? Throw <laughs> oh, that jealousy, Harriet, and stop being so curious about her. You know that time I was supposed to take you to the barn dance, and I called and said I couldn't make it? I was allergic to banjos. <laughs> they always made me talk with a twang. Go on. Well, actually, it was just an excuse. I'd forgotten that I already had a date with Liza Cromwell. We went out to the amusement park, and the Ferris wheel stopped on top, and, and you know how you're strapped in. <laughs> I was absolutely helpless. That sounds interesting. Well, when we got off the Ferris wheel, we went in the tunnel of love. We had a whole boat hall to ourselves. We got where it was good and dark. I put my arm around her, and that's all I'm going to tell you. <laughs> all right, dear. Yes, sir? <laughs> put my arm around her, and that's all I'm going to tell you. <laughs> Then I pulled her head over on my shoulder, and that's all I'm going to tell you. Would you put these salt and pepper shakers away for me, dear? Uh, yeah, uh, give them to me. Pulled her head over on my shoulder and put my other arm around her. Do you get that picture, Harriet? Her head on my shoulder and both of my arms around her, <laughs> but that's all I'm going to tell you. <laughs> Harriet, are you listening? Yes, dear. Then we went into the tunnel of love again. Ozzy, you're on the wrong track. The girl at the luncheon wasn't Liza Cromwell at all. I knew you'd crack. What was her name? Constantina Wafflemix. <laughs> Constantina Wafflemix. Well, I don't seem to recall... She used to sit three seats behind you in the second grade. Well, I still don't recall it. What was it she said about me, this wonderful compliment? She said you had the dirtiest fingernails in class. Are you kidding me? What makes you think that? Well, in the first place, Constantina Wasselmix sounds phony. I don't know why it should. I just made it up. You made it up? Well, of course. I told you before there was no girl. I just made up that story. Honestly? It crossed my heart. Of course, it really doesn't matter to me one way or the other. Yes, I know, dear. 
Because you aren't curious. I'm glad you realize it. You go on in the living room and read. I want to do these dishes. Oh, that's ridiculous. Of course, you might ask me if I want any help. Ask you a question? How do you think I'm curious? <laughs> come in, Thorny. Hi, Oz. I just had to come over and see how you made out. Did it work? Uh, yeah, Thorny. Constantina Wassel mix. Oz, I didn't come over here to be insulted. <laughs> insulting you, Thorny. Well, come on, tell me about it. Did you give Harriet a story? Oh, yeah, quite a story. All about a girl named Liza Cromwell. Who cares about names? What I want to know, did it work? It more than worked, Thorny. I not only got the business settled about the girl at luncheon, but I got a confession off my chest that's been bothering me for 13 years. <laughs> what are you talking about? The story I told Harriet. It was true. I used to go with a girl named Liza Cromwell, but I never had the nerve to tell Harriet... Hi, Harriet. I... Uh, go on, huh? Yes, go on, dear. Oh, Harriet. <laughs> I didn't hear you come into the living room. What were you just saying about that story being true? Oh, uh, no, you starting... <laughs> I just said that. I heard you walk up behind me, and I thought I'd have a little fun. <laughs> you thought you'd have a little fun You know, Oz, I think you're going to have some Ozzie and Harriet will be back in just a moment Say, you know, our boy Ozzy really has a remarkable memory. He remembered the name of a girl he had a date with 13 years ago. That's good. I remember a certain Thanksgiving dinner that took place 13 years ago, Mr. Smith. Maybe you'd like to hear about it. Oh, indeed I would. What happened? Well, it was the year we moved from England and settled down here on Rogers Road. We were asked out to dinner on Thanksgiving Day. And one of the things that made it so memorable was the silverware on the table. It was 1847 Rogers Brothers Silver Plate. The first time I'd seen it, and I fell in love with it right away. Its richness and beauty seemed just perfect for that gleaming festive table. Well, 1847 Rogers Brothers will hold the shining spotlight on a great many Thanksgiving tables this year, too. Mine included. I'm the proud owner of 1847's first love pattern. Really a lovely one. Mm-hmm. And the unusual height and depth of that stunning first love ornamentation is a perfect example of 1847 Rogers Brothers' exceptional workmanship. In fact, everything about 1847 Rogers Brothers makes it the silverware you just naturally want to own. And the wonderful part is that 1847 is so easy to buy. The stunning 52-piece chest with eight place settings in it costs under $65, for instance. Don't you think it would be a fine idea if every woman listening had a set of 1847 Rogers Brothers on her Thanksgiving table, Mr. Smith? There's still four days to get it, you know. Would be wonderful. But anyway, friends... See 1847 Rogers Brothers as soon as you can. 1847 Rogers Brothers, the finest silver plate in America. You know, dear, I just happened to remember. Somebody did say something nice about you at the luncheon today. Oh? Who was it? Narcissus Blumjagger? <laughs> nope, it was me. I said I have the most wonderful husband in the whole world. You sure you're not saying that just so I'll let you put your cold feet on the small of my back? <laughs> oh, darling, how can you say that? 
such a mellow disposition, such a warm, sunny smile, and such icy cold feet. <laughs> Tune in again next week to another adventure of Ozzie and Harriet, starring Ozzie Nelson and Harriet Hilliard. And remember, America's finest silver plate is 1847 Rogers Brothers. Yes, Harriet, America's finest silver plate is... 1847 Rogers Brothers. Appearing in support of Ozzie and Harriet were John Brown, Henry Blair, Tommy Bernard, Doreen Tuttle, and Mary Jane Cross. This program originates in the Hollywood studios of the National Broadcasting Company and is broadcast over the Trans-Canada Network of the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation. Vern Smith speaking. This is NBC, the National Broadcasting Company.